I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Psalms, the 148th Psalm. Hurricane Sandy. Anybody heard anything about that? Had been called many things. It was called a superstorm, a Frankenstorm. Some people believe that man has manipulated the atmosphere and caused this to happen right in time for the election. I, I think Bush did it. It's all his fault. It's called a mammoth storm, monster storm, storm of the century. And um, been dubbed a lot of things. But we do know that people were warned. But as time goes on, you know, sometimes people don't think it's going to be that bad. If you had to do it all over again with the same amount of time that you had before, would you have done something different? And probably hindsight being what it is, we would have made a lot of changes, a lot of things different. One report said, however, the possibility does exist that this storm could be one for the record books, perhaps one of the worst in 200 years. I remember watching Governor Christie on there, Chris Christie, describe the damage in the wake of the superstorm Sandy to be unthinkable. It is beyond anything I thought I'd ever see. He says, it is a devastating sight right now. A lot of people have lost their lives. But sometimes you wonder, and if you've ever taken out insurance or anything, you know that sometimes the insurance company calls things the act of God. So we don't know whether this is an act of God or is this the acts of man or it's just nature taking its course. There's always some pundits that want to try to figure this thing out. Now, I'm not sure that I can give you any better answers, but I do have a few things I want to share with you, but I think it'll help. Here in the 148th Psalm, we know that God created this earth. He created everything on the earth. Everything he made is to be in subjection to his will. Did you know that even the insects that God designed do what they were designed to do? I've got one question about one of the things he made that I didn't see any reason for, and that was the mosquito. I, I just can't find out what is the real function of a mosquito. I know what it does. It knows how to drill. Not for oil. Blood. And yet God made that mosquito, and look how efficient it is. It is a success. So every time you slap one of those little things, you know God made that little mosquito. And that little mosquito is obeying the will of God. It's fulfilling what it was designed for. And think of how many things that are upon the earth. And he says here in verse 1 of 148, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heaven. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. How can they praise the Lord? And you can see the moon out there going, praise the Lord. 
of the stars are up there. Praise the Lord. How do they praise the Lord? They fulfill their responsibility. They do what God designed them to do. He made the sun to shine, and it does. Made the moon to reflect the light, and it does. God made the stars, and they shine. See, animals, even insects. The Bible even talks about the trees. Praising the Lord. Talks about the waves and how that as you watch the waves come up on the beach, one after the other, and they clap their hands. The waves are praising the Lord. Everything God says and does and made, He is the creator of everything. Everything praises the Lord. Except one creature. I wonder if you can figure out who it is. In verse 5, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth and the dragons and the deep. And look in verse 8, fire and hail, snow, vapors, stormy wind. And what's the last three words? Fulfilling his word. They obey His will. They obey His will. You read the book of Luke. And he talks about a time when they got into the boat. Jesus goes to sleep. And a storm comes up. And everybody's worried. Afraid. Jesus is sleeping. They woke Him up. Carest thou not that we perish? And he said, peace be still. And he says, even the winds and the waves obey his what? Obey his will. You see, God created all these things. And he says for them to fulfill his will. He's the creator. When you read in the book of Revelation in chapter 4, all things were created by him and for him. All things. So God wants praise, submission, obedience from everything that he's made. You say, well, what's the problem? Well, there's a, there's a few problems. Look in your Bible in the book of uh, Job 37. Job and chapter 37. Job 37, look there in verse 1. And it says in verse 1, this is on page 593 in a church Bible, one that's in the pew in front of you there. In verse 1, it says, At this also my heart trembleth, and is moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice, and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. Verse 3, you ought to underline these two words. He directeth it under the whole heavens, and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. So like somebody's in charge. And verse 4, after it a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. 
God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. You are not going to understand everything. You can't figure out everything. The secret things belongeth unto the Lord. But there are a few things that God has given to us so that we could understand a little bit. But most of it has to be because we have to trust that the God who created the earth is in charge of the earth. That he is king and he is ruler and he is Lord. You notice down here in uh, verse 8, Then the beast go into dens and remain in their places. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold out of the north. Isn't that what just happened up here in uh, this uh, big storm they're talking about? Exactly. God's the one that made things work the way they work. Just so you know that. And he says here in verse 12, And it turneth round about by his counsels, and they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth. It says he does. Look at verse 13. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Now, I don't know all of it. I just get parts of it here and there. But I do believe that God is over the wind and the waves, and that he's over everything, and that he is in charge. And he may have a reason why he does what he does, and he may not tell us everything. You and I are just supposed to trust him in knowing that God is in charge, and we'll believe that. Now, another verse that I want you to see is Jeremiah chapter 19. Take your Bible and turn all the way over there to Jeremiah in chapter 19. Jeremiah chapter 19, I want you to look there in verse 2. This is on page 792, because if God is in charge of everything, sure looks like a mess to me sometimes. Look at all the devastation that happens in this world. In Jeremiah 19, it says in verse 2, And go forth unto the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the word that I shall tell thee. So God's going to tell them something. Look at verse 4. Because they have forsaken me, and have estranged this place, and have burned incense in it unto other gods, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, nor the kings of Judah, and underline this part of the verse, have filled this place with the blood of of innocence. Now, I believe that there has been great crimes against humanity by mankind. And because God is in charge, God does chasten nations. He chastens churches. He chastens families. He chastens the individual. You see, we cannot use our liberty as a license to sin. To do whatever we want, as though we are in charge, and it doesn't matter. Evidently, everything matters, and it's important. I wanted to read this statement to you. The U.S. Supreme Court, acting on behalf of the American people, sanctioned the murder of over 60 million babies 
by legalized abortion since 1973. Their body parts sold for pharmaceutical research. America's sewers are past flood stages with the blood of the innocents. Sodomy is now mainstream in American politics, business, education, entertainment, religion, and social arenas. All this is being done. America's judicial system has banned the true living Jehovah from every public arena. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ is anathema in most public sectors. America is now worshiping the false god of lust, sexual promiscuity, and materialism. Not a pretty picture. You say, well, nothing's going to happen. I mean, he ain't going to do anything. Because, you see, God's on a vacation. He's gone on a trip. And he got a big world out there, and this is too small for him to be concerned about. So, here we are. Free to do and live however we want without consequences. Oh, yeah? Well, I think there's a, a few problems. And I want to share a few of those problems with you. Take your Bible and... I want to look at a scripture that maybe helps explain this just a, a little bit. Last Friday, I made a few comments about things that are a disaster. Disasters of the past, disasters of the present, and disasters of the future. If you could think about it, what's the worst disasters ever happened to you in your life? Everybody usually has something that happens. I remember a, a little lady that came out here. Anyway, I went to see her daughter that was in the hospital. Little Giovanna. Mama's sitting right back there. Raise your hand. That's her. And she trusted Christ as Savior in the hospital room. But now she's in heaven with the Lord. She had leukemia. That's a tragic thing. No doubt sometimes when something like that happens, you're devastated. I, I remember when Zoe's sitting back here. Zoe, raise your hand. She'd heard me on the radio. She came out and she uh, trusted Christ as her Savior sitting in my office. She said, i got to get my husband and my kids out. They came out. And they were sitting about where they are right now. And... The husband trusts the Lord. The three amigos, they trust the Lord. They went to camp. They came back from camp. And their dad passed away. I would imagine they were devastated. I know they were. You see, it can happen to you as an individual. There's all kinds of things that just kind of like, just it's a tragic event. And it leaves us sometimes like we don't know what we're going to do. It's devastating to us. But a couple of things that I wanted to mention to you. Because you know of some of these events. But let me just kind of refresh your memory. Do you remember something that was very tragic? To me, it would have been devastating. But you see, in a person's mind, they don't always see it as bad as what somebody else says. It's not going to be that bad. 
The Lord had told Adam and Eve, you know, don't eat this fruit. They could do so much. Just don't do this one thing. What do you think they did? No, they did that one thing. And they did not think probably at the time. It's not going to be that bad of a deal. Because they had never seen death. They didn't know what it was like. All they had was God's word. Next thing you know, they're kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Because of a sinful nature, one son murders the other one. All the death and disease that's happened, all, all because of that one. I bet you they didn't know it was going to be that bad. But what a disaster to the whole human race. Pretty bad, huh? Now you can see that because we're on this side of it and we can see how terrible that was. You know, there was a time in the book of Exodus chapter 14 where it talks about, you know, they're coming out of Egypt. And here's Moses with all these people and they had come up to a, a dead end. Pharaoh says, what in the world have I done? Let's go get back our slaves. So with over 600 chariots and his soldiers and all, they come following him. They were trapped. What does the Lord do? He causes an east wind and the wind blows all night and it parts the waters. People say it was only six inches deep. Oh yeah? You tell me how all those people died in six inches of water. That's a big miracle. But the waters parted and the God's people went across. And so here's Pharaoh and he's got all of his army, 600 chariots, and they charge in after them. I'll bet you he didn't think it was going to be this bad. But he was headed for a big disaster because he challenged God. He challenged God. But when you challenge God, I got an idea, you're going to lose. You're not going to win. And all of a sudden, the water started coming in on them. And it says that the things sunk like it was lead. The water was pretty deep. Covered them all. Can you imagine covering all of them and the horses and the chariots and all that there in six inches of water? No. But what a disaster. To lose so many lives. And it didn't have to happen. But he didn't think it was going to be that bad. You know, as time goes on down through, you ever heard of the thing called um, the flood? You ever heard of the flood? Think for a moment. They were told because... Well, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He no doubt warned them of what was coming. But it ain't going to be that bad. Not going to be that bad. You know, you Bible thumpers. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. But it was that bad, wasn't it? The only ones that were saved was eight people. Now, you just stop and think. In America, we're a little over 200 years old. Look how many people we have in just 200 years. Look at all the buildings, everything we've got. Did, did you know Noah lived 350-something years afterwards? And you're talking about some of these people that were living six, seven, eight hundred years. How many people do you think would be upon the earth living as long as they did? 
being as healthy as they were, having as many kids as they probably did, that would have been a bunch. And it didn't have to be that way. But because, you see, they sinned against God. And he says they were determined to do anything they could imagine. No limit, no restraints. Do whatever you wanted. Live any way you please. But you see, there was a God in heaven that was preparing judgment. God says you're not going to live like you please and get away with it. But the Bible also says in the book of Ecclesiastes that because uh, judgment against a sin is not executed speedily, the heart of man is, hey, we're getting away with it. Isn't that going to happen? And then it began to rain. And then it was all over. God in heaven. Is he in charge of the weather? The water from the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were open. And everything was underwater. God warned and God said what was going to happen. And it happened just like God told him. But most people say they don't believe it's going to be that bad. So, time moves on. You know, as you stop and think about it, what's one of the most difficult things to understand? Now, we all understand, you know, that, that people do things wrong to one another. Everybody offends somebody. But, you know, there was a time when there was an individual that was born into this world. He didn't even have a sinful nature. So without a sinful nature, he couldn't wrong anybody. He couldn't sin. It was Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life. Wrong nobody. He was truth. And look what the world did to the most truthful, honest, perfect person in the world. They crucified him. And he was buried. And he came back again from the dead. That's a tragic thing of what mankind did to an innocent person. Of course, God is able to take the wickedness of man and perform his will. And God used what man did as a payment for the sins of the world. So that you and I could have as a free gift everlasting life and get to go to heaven. So God can take and bring beauty out of ashes. He can take something that's a total chaos a tragic thing, and make something beautiful out of it. If you know God and you really trust the Lord, then you know that whatever disaster happens in your personal life, you'll believe that God is able to bring something good out of that. Because you believe that all things work together for good to those who know the Lord and love the Lord that are called according to His purpose. If you can believe what God says. But it seems like everything God says comes to pass. And so they do. In our time, we have 9-11, where we say about 3,000 people were killed. And people say, what a tragic thing. What a tragic thing. And it's a tragic thing. And the two buildings, the towers that came down, it was a disaster. And people went running in there trying to save others. And then other things happened. Innocent lives. Now, if God is God, did he know before that happened that was going to happen? 
Of course. God knows everything. There are some things God lets happen. There's something God, you know, prevents from happening. There's some things, just like when we talk about praying. Yes, no, wait a while. We don't have all the answers. We cannot totally discern all the ways of God. There are some things that God has revealed to us in His Word, and we try to understand as best we possibly can. But think about this. Three thousand at one time. Did you know there's more than that that are murdered every day in America by abortion? That's tragic. And you don't hear hardly many people say anything about it. Because, see, after a while, we become numb to it. The shock has gone away. It's been going on for so long. But there's a God in heaven that hasn't forgotten. Innocent blood has been shed. And therefore, there's a price to pay for that nation. God has to judge. You think about this. Abraham had a nephew named Lot. He didn't want to get in a squabble with about who goes where. He said, you just picked out and I'll take the other. He saw the well-watered plains down toward Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's where he went. And it wasn't long before he was a ruler at the gate and became like a judge. But his testimony was shot. Nobody would listen to him. He lost his wife. He lost his kids. God brought down judgment upon them and told them to get out of there. So the God in heaven, in the minds of most people, all they know is there either was just fire that accidentally showed up, or there was an atom bomb that hit, or something exploded. But whatever happened, God said He did it. But most people don't think, well, it was just a natural disaster. Some people say, well, that's an act of God. Because nature cannot explain some things. Why did that happen? And yet, look how much goes on in the world. Do you realize that in America alone, just people that have gone through such loss, and it seems like it doesn't, have any place in America that's safe. Have you ever wondered if there's any safe place in the world? Where could you go? Where are you going to run and hide? If I could find that sweet little paradise island that nobody knows about, I might go there. Often thought, man, I'd just get myself a cabin on the backside of some mountain there in Alaska and just live off the land. But see, I know too much. I can't do something like that because I know the book. i got to preach until the day I die. I ain't dead yet. Might be tomorrow, but today I'm still alive. So there's some things that you can't do because it restrains you. But he destroyed two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, because of their sin. And if God judged them, is God going to judge America? I just got a, an email from yesterday that there is going to be a move upon preachers who say anything against the homosexuals because it is a hate crime. 
You're causing people to hate the homosexual. I preach against sin, any sin, because God does. I just try to tell people this is what God's Word says, and I don't care who does it, it's still wrong. So do I take a stand or I, well, I don't want to offend them because they'll do this to me, or I don't want to offend them, they'll throw me in jail, I don't want to do that. After a while, I won't be able to say anything about anything. All truth is offensive. That's why when Christ came, it didn't matter what he said. He had to be wrong because he went contrary to what people believed. You see, when Jesus was here, the Pharisees had their religion. It was wrong. Jesus told them it was wrong. He says, you are a hypocrite. Did you know every person in America that goes to church trying to earn their way to heaven and they think they're going because how good they are, are hypocrites? Did you know that? They're claiming something that isn't true. You're not going to heaven because you're good. You're not going to heaven because you live right. You're not going to heaven because you went to church and you gave money. That's not why anybody gets to heaven. I've had people call me a hypocrite. I ain't going to your church. All you got over there is hypocrites. Well, we got room for one more. <laughs> you know, when they had Katrina, do you know that they were warned in advance, but most people didn't heed it? Buses after buses after buses underwater that could have taken people out of there, but they didn't think it was going to be that bad. But it was that bad. It was. And people didn't think this last hurricane was going to be that bad, but it was bad. But I remember hearing them telling how big this storm is going to be, and it's going to be the worst before it ever hit. I heard it all on the news. But now, nobody's got gasoline. They don't have food. And yet you've heard me say, you need to prepare because anything can happen at any given time. We don't know. But I do believe we're to be wise, and sometimes you can't prepare for some things. All you can do is just trust the Lord to walk you through whatever happens to us in life. Let me mention this to you. From this day forward, I just want you to know, one of the greatest disasters of all time is right ahead of us. It's called the Great Tribulation Period. The Great Tribulation it's where God is going to judge the whole world. And did you know that there's a time coming when he says he's going to take this world and he's going to burn it up? The whole world is going to be on fire. He said he destroyed it the first time by water. He says now it's been reserved for the next judgment of fire. So all be burned up. Now that's a devastation. But that's a big one. But I'm not sure that's the worst devastation of all time. I do believe that there's something else even worse. And that is, there's a great white throne judgment. Where there's going to be people who have never trusted Christ as their Savior. They're going to stand at this great white throne judgment. And the Bible says there's no place for them. You see, they couldn't go to heaven. They can't stay on the earth. And so he sends them to a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. The Bible says, And whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
Now think for a moment. All the people who think hell is not going to be that bad. Oh, it might be bad, but it ain't going to be that bad. I don't have to try to escape it because it might not even be real. might not be true. And I did all this here restraining myself or whatever it is just so I wouldn't go. Kind of like the person that died. Went to heaven, found out that they could play golf all day long. Had good health, never rained. And every time he hit the ball, it went perfectly. He talked to his friend had already been up there. He says, you mean I don't have to pay any cart fees? No, everything's free. And, and I can play as many times as I want, anytime you want. You eat all you want, eat all you want. Never get, never get sick. He says, you and your brand flakes. I could have been here 10 years ago. It's such a wonderful thing to know where I'm going, but it seems like nobody wants to go there anytime soon. So we do everything we can to stay here. But understand, it's a great tragedy for a man to think he's going to heaven. And to think of the devastation of the soul when he finds out he's going to hell. And Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. Not everyone. He said, many shall say, have we not cast out devils, preached in thy name, done many wonderful works? We deserve. He says, I never knew you. You see, good works won't get a man to heaven. But think of the devastation to that soul when he finds out he ain't going to heaven. And to wake up, as the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 16, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, been in torment, and see if Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out to Father Abraham, saying, Lazarus, he may come and dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. They're not going to think it's going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. Hell is going to be worse than anything you and I could ever imagine. If it's bad enough when he wrote it, it's going to be worse when you get there. It has to be so bad that Jesus Christ was willing to come into this world and die on the cross to pay for our sins so that we wouldn't go there. It must be bad. And it must be real. It must be true. If that's a tragic thing, and it is, did you realize that God says that when we get to heaven, He's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes? I wonder why he's wiping tears away from our eyes. What are we crying about? We're where we always wanted to go. We're in paradise. Everything is wonderful. What's the problem? Maybe when we see what we could have done and we didn't do. You know those little things that happens in your life right now that you don't think it's not that bad. Going to church every once in a while, eh, take it or leave it. Supporting God's work, take it or leave it. Not serious about anything. You know, it's just something that good people do, but you don't take it seriously. You don't really dedicate your life to the Lord because you just don't take it seriously. It's not going to be that bad if you don't. I mean, it's not going to cost me anything. Oh, why should I? I mean, everybody's supposed to be right and do good things, but... It's my life, and I have a right to live it any way I want. So whatever God's going to do to me ain't going to be that bad. 
When I get to heaven and I see all those rewards that everybody else is getting, and I didn't get my rewards, you're going to be devastated because of what you could have had. You see, you won't give account for your sins. They paid for it at the cross. But you see, you're going to be rewarded for what you did do. Suffer the loss of what you didn't do. And what a reality that's going to be. We're going to a real reality show. What you're living right now is very important. All of your decisions are important. And one day, even as a Christian, you're going to be devastated when you find out there's people that were in your family and you never talked to about the Lord. You just took it for granted. And you'll find out maybe it was your mama, your brother, your sister, your aunt, or your uncle, and they don't get to go to heaven because nobody ever witnessed to them. You just took it for granted. As long as you got your little pinkies inside the pearly gates, let the rest of the world go to hell, and you'll find out one day it was worse than you thought. But did you know that when we get to heaven, it is not possible for us to fathom the awesomeness of heaven and what it will be like. It's going to be better than anything we've ever thought. Better than anything we thought. Hell is going to be worse than anything we could have ever imagined. What is the greatest disaster of all times? Is for a person, in my mind, to reject Jesus Christ and spend eternity, eternity, in a literal fire-burning hell with no hope of ever getting out. You and I can't think of how bad it's going to be. All we have is God's word on it. It was worth it for Christ to die to keep us from going there. And that's why it's so very, very important. Look up here very quickly. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. Now, we all have sin on us because we have sin in us. We have an old sinful nature. We've all done things wrong. And so the Bible says for us to go to heaven, you'd have to be perfect, but we're not because we're sinners. And we have to pay for it. The wages of sin is death. Everybody is condemned. Nobody's perfect. To go to heaven, you have to be as perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are. We've all done things wrong. So the Bible says that we cannot save ourselves. This is why Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ is the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took all of ours, the sins of the whole world, paid for it on the cross and came back from the dead and said that if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account. And we get to go to heaven on what he did. So will you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Will you believe that when he died, he died for you? If you reject him and you reject the payment he made, you probably don't think it's going to be that bad. It'll be worse. Maybe you don't care whether you go to heaven or not. Heaven is going to be better than anything you could ever imagine because God says so. He also says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You haven't got a clue, but it'll be worth it all. That's why I'm so glad that I trusted Christ as my Savior. 
I'm not trusting the church to get me to heaven. I'm not trusting my good works to get me to heaven. I'm trusting Christ and him alone as my only hope of going to heaven. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ, would you do it right now? And if you will, God said he would save you and give you the free gift of everlasting life. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're watching by internet or in the auditorium today, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I believe that you died on that cross and paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust you and you alone as my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, God said if you trust him, he would save you, and you'd go to heaven on what he did. Would you do that? Would you just slip your hand up very quickly if what I've said made sense to you and you say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior, and I want you to pray for me. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Our Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We're thankful for the free gift of eternal life. We ask your blessings upon each one here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.